is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go. Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. We're here to help you win the ultimate bragging rights, a fantasy title. Let's go! Now, here's Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Did you know that Marshawn Lynch performed like a top 12 running back, maybe even top 10, over the final eight games of the season? And did you know that uh, in DeMarco Murray's last two seasons with the Titans, he scored 10 rushing touchdowns from three yards out or closer? That could be a lot of production for Derrick Henry. Let's cross our fingers. It is part two of our running back preview, and we're going through ADP for more than 50 running backs. Adam Azer, Dave Richard, Jamie Eisenberg, and Heath Cummings here on Fantasy Football Today. Fellas, who is your favorite running back to draft round five or later? Before the guys answer, I'll just carry on. I like that little pun. We get a pun out of it too. We'll carry on, Johnson. Round five or later, yeah. or after round five? Round five or later, after round four. I will say Lamar Miller. I'll say Chris Carson. Chris Carson, okay. and that's not round five. That's like round eight or nine. All right, we'll get to all of those guys except for Todd Gurley because we talked about him yesterday. This is fantasy football today, and I want to give a special thank you to our listeners for getting us nominated on podcastawards.com for both the people's choice and the sports and recreation category. Thank you very, very much. Uh, Dave, yesterday we were talking about who could be a bust in the, you know, first 10 running backs. That's who we mostly focused on the top 10, everyone from Gurley to Cook. And you talked about Le'Veon Bell's workload and your concerns, but today you did some digging and what did you find? I actually went back and found as many instances as I could of running backs with back-to-back 400-touch seasons and how they do the season following the back-to-back 400-touch marks. I also included running backs that got to, you know, 385, 390 touches, you know, close enough to 400 just to see how they did. The results were staggering. Out of the 28 times that a running back has had back-to-back seasons with 400 touches or more, and that can include the playoffs. They've come back the next year with at least 1,300 yards and six touchdowns, good enough to be a top-12 running back last year. 23 out of 28 times, an 82% success rate. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe the success rate was that high. Mm -hmm. It includes stud running backs that you might have heard of before, such as Emmett Smith, who did it five times, LaDainian Tomlinson, who did it five times, Earl Campbell, three times, Edger and James, three times, Terrell Davis, Walter Payton, twice each, Curtis Martin, twice. Ricky Waters even did it one time. Ricky Williams, well, he retired after he did it, but he, he came back later on and, and he was pretty good. I, I have a feeling that it, maybe it's not such a terrible thing for Le'Veon Bell after all. And it, it, you especially tag on the fact that the offense isn't changing. He's not there for training camp, but we've seen him already miss all of training camp before, and he shows up in good enough shape to play week one. And be the number two running back in fantasy. So you just you kind of have to give him the benefit of the doubt here, I guess. Sure. I, 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 these results were uh, amazing to me, and it gives me more confidence in drafting Le'Veon Bell. Great. So that to sum up yesterday's show, if you don't want to listen to an hour, you should. Because we gave sleepers, breakouts, bust. We talked a lot of strategy. We talked about going RB, RB. 
Um, we, we talked about which wide receivers to take over, which running backs a little bit, and wide receiver preview coming up later this week. It'll be a two-parter. To sum it up, we really like the top ten running backs. I'm going to give one stat a little bit later about David Johnson that I think is pretty interesting that I will get your take on. But let's start after top ten with RB11, and we go to the middle of round two. The 18th, 19th, and 20th picks overall are Devontae Freeman, he's RB11, then it's Christian McCaffrey, and then it's Jordan Howard. Now, yesterday we established that Christian McCaffrey is going too early in a standard scoring league, in a non-PPR league. Do not take him in the middle of round two. Um, but this is half PPR ADP from Fantasy Pros. McCaffrey is 19th. He's the 12th running back off the board. So Freeman, McCaffrey, Howard, and then McKinnon and Mixon and McCoy are there as well. But let's go three at a time. And tell me how you feel about Devontae Freeman, Christian McCaffrey, and Jordan Howard. Jamie, how do you rank those three? I think all three of these guys are dependent on format. McCaffrey clearly in PPR gets bumped up, and he would be my favorite of that group. Half PPR, I think he's probably still the best one. In non-PPR, Howard is the best one. Uh, or Freeman, followed, fo- Freeman, then Howard, then McCaffrey. Uh, I don't think McCaffrey should be a second-round pick in non-PPR. Guys, do you think that there's a – how big of a drop-off is there from Dalvin Cook, Melvin Gordon, Saquon Barkley, that group, to this group of three, Devontae Freeman, Christian McCaffrey, Jordan Howard? I'm not sure there's quite as big of a drop-off between that group and Freeman as there is. Like in non-PPR, the drop between those guys and McCaffrey's huge. And in PPR, the drop between those guys and Howard's huge. But I think Freeman is – I mean, he's my number 12 running back in both formats, and he does still have a bunch of upside. His catch decline from 2016 to 2017 scares me because the coordinator changed and they used Tevin Coleman in the passing game more. Now they have Calvin Ridley. I just I just wonder if he's going to be that viable. Is he going to be a 50-plus catch guy again? I don't think so. No, I've got him for 42. Yeah, I would take the under even there. I, I still well, think, those, I think they're all capable of finishing as top 12 running backs, though. Freeman, when you look at Freeman's numbers, you really have to say he played 13 games. Technically, he played 14, but he only had two carries for three yards against Dallas before leaving with an injury. And he had 36 catches in those 13 games, finishes the number eight. Like, he's really, really interesting to me. Because last year, Freeman finished as 18th in non-PPR, 14th in PPR, and that was in 13 games. Um, you know, if he had played 15 games at his 13-game pace, he would have been top 12. He would have been... Ninth in one format, 11th in the other. I think he was actually, I think I may have switched standard and PPR, but regardless. Um, he had 20 catches in his first 11 games, 16 in his final three games. He had five catches in, in their playoff loss, uh, at Philadelphia. But his usage was just so frustrating. Devontae Freeman had nine games with 12 or fewer carries, and he didn't do well in them. He had five games with 18 or more carries. He had zero games with Anywhere between 13 and 17. It was either 12 or fewer or 18 or more. Uh, I don't know what to make of that, guys. At, at the end of the day, Freeman was pretty good. But he he was frustrating to own. Is that going to be the same this year? If he gets banged up, then that's absolutely going to be the case. What would be worse is if he doesn't get banged up and he's still frustrating because he's not getting 15 touches a game because Tevin Coleman's doing more. That would be a change. It, it, that would mean that there's a, a change in, in how the coaching staff views their run game heading into this year. And that's just something that we're probably not going to know um, until the season starts. I, I, I like that I can hang my hat on, on Freeman having at least, I think it's 1,180 yards 
and uh, at least eight touchdowns each of the last three seasons. So the track record's there. I know that the touches are definitely a concern. The catches are an absolute concern. And Tevin Coleman stealing touchdowns is going to be a concern. I just don't but know. I, but I still think he can give you numbers good enough to finish as a low-end number one fantasy running back at the end of the year. Like his touches and his catches last year on a per-game basis weren't really a downgrade from where he was in 2016. No, they weren't. That's the strange thing. It's just It was just so inconsistent the way he got it. And Freeman also, I should point out, is a red zone beast. He gets a lot, he scores a lot of touchdowns, uh, at least two years in a row, probably three years in a row now for him, cause, yeah, 2015 he was the number one running back in fantasy. He had 14 total touchdowns. 2016 he had 13 total touchdowns. He was a top seven running back. And last year in 13 games, he had eight total touchdowns. Um, so, you know, maybe he would have gotten to 10. I, I struggle with him, and the reason why I struggle with him is because, like, when you look at these three running backs, and you ask yourself, are they good enough to be my number one running back? Well, I feel good about that. That might determine whether or not you take DeAndre Hopkins or a running back in the first round. Because you know by the middle of round two, those top ten running backs are gone. So it's an interesting dilemma. And it's kind of, it's kind of, the, I think, arguably the biggest question that fantasy owners have on draft day. Is how do you feel about, you know, taking a wide receiver over a running back in round one. What does that mean for the running back that you might want to take in round two? And then do you skip that running back and, and wait till round three? You, you guys understand what I'm saying, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's, so, okay. We've talked a lot about Freeman. How about McCaffrey in PPR? We know it's too early for him in, in non-PPR, but I guess who do you like better? Freeman in standard or McCaffrey in PPR? McCaffrey and PPR. I think there's a much better chance of him finishing as a top 12 in that format than Freeman in the standard format. I've got Freeman ahead of McCaffrey and PPR, so I like Freeman better in both. Wow. Ooh. I've got McCaffrey one spot ahead of him in PPR. I just, I think he's a cinch for the type of grabs that he had last year. I almost feel like last year is almost, it's almost too low of what to expect. He might end up 10% better than that in 2018 in terms of yardage. Maybe the same amount of touchdowns, but the same amount of catches as well. I really think that they give him, they, they, they give him a few more opportunities to run with the ball than they did last year. I, and I think he has a better rushing average. I think they might. I'm not sure about the better rushing average. It's not because I think Christian McCaffrey is necessarily bad at running the football. I just don't know who's going to be blocking for him. Right. And they I don't buy the issues. idea. Like I know that he got a short yardage carry in their first preseason game. Cam Newton is the short yardage back in Carolina. I think it's weird that they, th- this might be a well, little bit want- off the, off topic, but it's weird that CJ Anderson was playing deep into the second half. Yeah, let's like not was, get, and he didn't let's look not terrible. get too into that because, you know, but, but, but we do but need is to talk that about a sign that McCaffrey role. is going to be more than what anybody thinks. He Could had, he potentially he, be 250 touches? Well, that's it. He had right around 200 last year. So how many touches would you expect from McCaffrey? Two and a quarter. 210. Okay. Well, that's not great. Yeah. But, two, two, 225, I think is safe. But he finished as the number 10 running back in PPR, number 15 in, in non-PPR. And maybe if you feel good about him being your number one running back in PPR, then you can feel more free to take a wide receiver in round one and say, okay, that now there's 11 running backs that I really like in PPR, those top 10 and, and Christian McCaffrey. Or for Heath, he still likes Devontae Freeman more. Um, do you take the tight end? Do you take Rob Gronkowski over McCaffrey or Howard format specific? Or uh, yeah, Howard's part yes. of this too. Yes. Dave? Yeah, I'm taking Gronk over. Gronk. All right, what do we think about Howard? Is he in the same tier as as a PPR McCaffrey and a and Devontae Freeman? 
No, he's a little bit behind them in PPR. He's he's at the bottom of that trio in a PPR. What about a but non PPR? But uh, he might be he might be at the top in non PPR. I really think people are kind of sleeping on what Jordan Howard's capable of doing. I don't think his 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 rushes are going to still be very plentiful. I don't think Tariq Cohen's coming in to take a hundred carries off of his plate. And I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a few more targets. Yeah, not a lot. But he'll still be towards the it's, lower end of guys in that range in catches, but he could bump it up a little. Two things. The Bears are bringing their offense into the 21st century, and they've got a quarterback who might be a little gun-shy and might, especially at the beginning of the year, if he doesn't build confidence in the preseason, might lean on those short area targets a little bit more. Coaches might tell him to do that a little bit more, and that could be good for Howard. Well, how about we got Freeman, we got Howard, we got McCaffrey. We know that. We go a little bit deeper, and now we bring in LaShawn McCoy. Jarek McKinnon and Joe Mixon. And would you take any of those guys ahead of the first three? Would you take McKinnon, McCoy, or Mixon over Freeman, McCaffrey, or Howard? I'm taking Mixon over all those guys. Over Devontae Freeman? Yes. Easy. I've got Mixon behind those guys, but I'm reserving the right to change it based on... I, I got a real good feeling about the Bengals' offense in their first preseason game. I want to see it continue. I would not take any of those guys over the first group, and I'd rather have Alex Collins than those guys too. Oh, okay. What about uh, Derrick Henry? I, I I think Henry and Mixon are really interesting. And right now I've got Mixon just ahead of Henry, and I'll, it'll probably stay that way, but I think those two are are very, very similar. I think Mixon's going to be polarizing. I think we could we could spend three, four minutes on him and lay out every type of scenario and which one is the most likely one. And I think he's going to be a lot better. I just don't know that the split between Mixon and Geo is any different than the split between Henry and Lewis. You've kind of been Team Geo all along, and I think that that For, that might that might end up being the biggest blemish on Mixon's draft resume is that you know that Geo is going to be in there on third downs. He probably is going to be the two-minute drill running back, too. Can I give you a stat? I want to know what you make of this. From week three to week 12, that was Mixon's real audition. It's when he became the feature back. Week three to 12, then he got hurt in week 13 against Pittsburgh. Giovanni Bernard did not have more than three carries in any of those nine games. And he had more than three catches only once. He scored two total touchdowns, both receiving in those nine games. He was irrelevant. The reason his the reason Giovanni Bernard's final numbers look good is because when Mixon got the concussion, Gio, the last five games of the year, I believe it was, he had 13, 11, 14, 23, and 10 carries. Um, but they basically said from week 3 to 12, Joe Mixon, it's your backfield. It was when Bill Lazor took over. I I don't know that's going to happen again. I mean, Gio's a good player. They should, probably should get him a little bit involved. When but, was Mixon's concussion? Though? It was week 14? Th- I think it was 13. Week 13. Pittsburgh. Um, so what do you make of that? I mean, they, they I think yeah. I think Joe Mixon's going to be a star. I mean, I I I like that he lost weight. I like the improvements on the offensive line. I I think it's his show. I think he's underrated as a pass catcher. So I I'm expecting him 1500 total yards and 10 plus touchdowns. Who Okay, so if you if you're going to pick one out of that whole group, Jamie, you like Mixon the best? Mixon's in my top 11. You like him better than McCaffrey in PPR? Yes. You like him better than Freeman in both formats? Yes. Dave, who's your 
one or two favorites from this group of like six running backs that we've said: Freeman, McCaffrey, Howard, McKinnon, McCoy, Mixon. Yeah, I'm sold on Alex Collins. Who uh, all right. You Can didn't I... really bring up. You want to wait on? Yeah, that? he's part of he's later. part of the next uh, group of four. Okay. No so problem. I've got I've got Howard 11th, Freeman 12th, McCaffrey 14th, Henry Mixon. That that's how they rank in non PPR, and it's shaken up a little bit different in in full point PPR with McCaffrey at the top of the list. Heath, I'll take Freeman in both formats. Right, and so Howard. Jamie and I did that flex draft. We keep referencing it. I mean, it was it was industry analysts. Howard went like 15th overall or something. He was the first quote unquote reach. Does he have the potential to have the Todd Gurley bounce back? Because his, you know, he finishes the number nine running back in non PPR, 14th in PPR, but he also had two uh, 300 touches. He wasn't that great on a per touch basis. Um, offense on a miserable team. Yeah, offense should be better. Does he have does he have big time potential, Jordan Howard, or just like very good? Very good. I mean he certainly has top twelve potential. Sure, sure. But top five? I think that's hard to say. I think if, if I, catches, I don't think if the catch has become more prominent for him than he has top five potential. He's gotta come up with fifteen hundred total yards and ten touchdowns. That that's no, not happening unless uh, well, this for, bears for offense five? just goes crazy. Yeah, maybe for top five, yeah. That's that's a hell of a year. Um, okay, so uh, I, I was surprised at how early Howard went in that draft. We're actually doing a draft right now. But uh, that that particular owner, I think, made it clear that he loves him, right? That he loves Jordan Howard. He's also the one that when I took Anthony Miller two rounds, three rounds before the end of the draft, he said, "I'm taking this guy. I take it at the end of every draft. <laughs> Give me Anthony Miller." Oops. Who did you do that with, Spencer? Where that happened to you? Yeah, but that was the pick before I, right, and we're gonna talk about that. You gotta take handcuffs, uh, or do you have to take (laughs) handcuffs? Um, alright, so we go a little bit farther down now into ADP, and we'll do that in just a second. We'll talk about Derrick Henry, and Alex Collins, and Kenyon Drake. We also gotta talk about FanDuel. You need to be playing some daily fantasy on FanDuel. It's been a long offseason without FanDuel, without football, but FanDuel has spent this offseason getting into the best shape of their lives. That's right. So you want more ways to play, more ways to challenge your friends, most most importantly, more ways to win. You got to go to FanDuel.com slash FFT to get a $20 bonus when you make your first deposit on FanDuel. I've been playing FanDuel, oh man, I don't know, four years now. It's been a long time, and I love it. I absolutely love it. There are more games now. So there's the gridiron pick'em. There's, there's, you can play with friends. You can do beat the score contest. There's preseason. There's the week one Sunday million contest. Uh, it's just a lot of different options for you. So you can play in bigger contests with a bunch of people. You can play in smaller contests. I like the 50-50s. I also like playing in very small contests against just my friends. But one thing I do like is a $20 bonus, and I know you will too. Go to FanDuel.com slash FFT. Make your first deposit and get a $20 bonus uh, at FanDuel.com slash FFT. All right, we are back to ADP. So let's go to McKinnon. We you know, we didn't really talk about McKinnon, but round three, McKinnon, who's got a little calf strain right now, McCoy, who nobody seems, well, maybe a little bit interested at the end of round three, depending on which analyst you ask, Mixon, and then Derek Henry, Kenyon Drake, Alex Collins, and Jay Ajayi. Henry, Drake, Collins, Ajayi. Out of those four, who's your favorite? Henry, Drake, Collins, or Jai? Oh, Collins. 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 Why so obvious? 
I mean, I think you got to look at what he did last year. You know, it was it was frustrating the early part of the season when they weren't giving him the work because of the potential fumble issues. And then once he appeared to overcome that, it still was a little bit frustrating. But once they gave him the ball, he was a star. Yeah. And I think you look at it with Kenneth Dixon not being healthy. Javoris Allen is, you know, a, a fine backup, but that's what he is, is a backup. And so, you know, if Joe Flacco is really going to turn things around for this passing game, which it looks like he's got the potential to, or Lamar Jackson, then this offense should be better. And and that will certainly help things out for Collins also. They're they're all somewhat similar, but I think you just look at what his upside should be, and it's really good. Yeah, I mentioned this the other day. Last nine games, he had 795 total yards, all six of his touchdowns, eight games with at least 15 touches. He had he had two fumbles, but neither one was lost. And I just I can't help but think that Alex Collins is going to be that main guy for Baltimore. I don't think they have a choice, and I, and I think the offensive line will be good. How worried are you about the fumbles, though? Because he did have those two fumbles, and he didn't lose them, but those were they were late in the season, something like weeks 14 and 15. You know, is it, it, is it scary? It's a little bit of a concern, but I'm less concerned about it if Kenneth Dixon can't ever get or stay healthy or if Kenneth Dixon doesn't even make the roster. I don't worry so much about Buck Allen taking the lead role away from him. I was a little bit concerned that if Kenneth Dixon had a good training camp and then he had the fumble issues, it might be a problem. Now I feel like he's pretty safe. So if Collins is number one, who's number two out of Derrick Henry, Kenyon Drake, Jay Ajayi? Henry and Henry. non-PPR. Maybe even PPR too. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I love that stat about DeMarco Murray. I mean, he got so many goal line carries basically. 15 rushing touchdowns over his last two seasons. 12 of them were from six yard out, six yards out or closer. 10 from three yards out or closer. So those are gone, obviously. Deion Lewis in, different type of running back than DeMarco Murray, and hopefully Henry uh, profits from that. I know you guys I, like Dra- – yeah, go ahead, Heath. I, yeah, the only thing I wonder about with that, and I think that will probably still be the case, I do expect him to get a, a large majority of the rushing touchdowns. I do wonder – I mean, it's new coaching staff, new system. They did not really want to take a lot of chances in the red zone with the or anywhere, really, with the old coaching staff, and I wonder if they do a little bit more passing in the red zone than they did before. Sure. Um yeah, I could definitely see that. And then I know you guys like Drake better than Ajayi, right? Yeah, barely. I I do. I think like there's some volume concerns for Drake, but I have a lot more with Ajayi. I think he's the uh, by far the worst value of this group. So what about McKinnon? Where are we on McKinnon right now? I mean, I'm I'm a little bit concerned for two reasons. One, the calf problem. Two, his ADP. I, you know, again, I I I think there's a lot to like about his upside. Because of Kyle Shanahan and, and what this offense should be, but the fact that he's going, I think we just did our ADP uh, second round review. It's like 17th or 18th overall. That's ridiculous. He was going ahead of Devontae Adams, T.Y. Hilton, A.J. Green, Rob Gronkowski. That that's just silly. And you know, even if you fall in love with him, you're still reaching in that spot. So I'll take him in the middle of the third. Uh, if I'm picking in the early part of the third, you know, depending on who's on the board, I'll still I'll still probably look for him. But it's uh. It's just frustrating to see him being drafted that high because you're drafting him at a ceiling. Even I'm probably drafting him at a ceiling, but you just have to build in some risk, and and there's there's obvious risk. Do you think that the injury might have sent off a, a signal to the coaching staff in San Francisco to say maybe we can't give this guy twenty to twenty five touches per game? Maybe, but I don't know if that was ever uh, twenty five was probably going to be too high. But you know, I, that would be occasional. I, I, twenty I, maybe. I still think he's he's got fifteen and, and five. That that's what I would look for him, you know, to average over the course of the season. Fifteen carries, five catches. Wow. 
Well, that'd be nice. Do you value McKinnon a lot higher in PPR than non-PPR? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Because even if let, – let's lay out a bad scenario for McKinnon where he just struggles to run the football. We've seen that from him before. He's got plenty of redeeming value as a pass catcher. So they could go with a running back to split with him on early downs, and then third and eight, you know who it's going to be. Two-minute drill, you know who it's going to be. It'll be McKinnon. Jay Ajayi or LaShawn McCoy? McCoy. McCoy begrudgingly. Agreed. Does Jay Ajayi get 20 touches a game? No. No. 15? Yes. I bet he averages just south of that. 14. Some weeks, some weeks he'll be 21, 22 carries and some weeks he'll be at like 8. Okay. Yeah, I mean he only scored uh, two touchdowns last year. So that was low. And um he averaged 5.8 yards per carry with the Eagles. Garrett Blunt is gone. I don't know. I feel like we were really down on him, taking him in like the fifth round in 12-team leagues. He's not going to last that long, I don't think. I mean, his ADP is 39th, beginning of round four, early round four. Where are you comfortable taking Jay Ajayi? Hmm. I'm not going to get him. I just kind of decided. I Sixth? Yeah, I'll, I'll take him in round four. If I really need a running back, I think he's going to be one of the last best ones to take then. So you think I think a round four. I would. Wow. Uh, late round four. Dave's going to. Yeah. But the thing is, like Dave's going to get him in our mock drafts. Both Jamie and I are like, we don't want him there. Dave's not going to get him in a lot of drafts according to ADP. Where is he going right now? Thirty nine. Oh, in half, in half PPR. I, I mean, I see a guy who's in a, an offense that could finish number one. That is going to get the most work, and I see him score. I, I don't know. I know it doesn't back up what happened last year, but I see him scoring touchdowns, you know, like just kind of benefiting from the sure. offense that they're in. Let me also say this. That I, I think there are a number of running backs who could leapfrog him because I don't feel like his value is going to change at this point unless he gets hurt or unless some other running backs in Philly gets hurt. And there are a lot of running backs that I've got ranked behind him who could – Leapfrog him. I'm sure some of the guys here already have, you know, a couple of rookie running backs already ahead of Ajayi based on upside. Freeman in, in Denver, carry on Johnson in Detroit. I'll take those guys all day. What about Rex Burkhead? Yep. Would you take Burkhead over Burkhead Ajayi? Over. Yep. Jamal Williams in Green Bay? So yep. you're going to take Burkhead over Ajayi, but why? Yeah, that's one guy. Why? I because I, I don't think, you know, Michelle's banged up right now, but by midseason, is Burkhead going to have a bigger role than Ajayi? He had if what? They're, th- if they're both healthy, I would say yes because of what Burkhead's going to do in the passing game. Remember, uh, the Eagles did not have Darren Sproles last year. They love Darren Sproles, love him. He is going to be such a big part of this passing attack again if he's healthy. But I, I, I Ajayi will be better than what he was last year from a touchdown standpoint. That goes without saying. But I think his numbers overall will probably be about the same. Well, Burkhead had 94 touches. In 10 games. You know, I mean. And scored more touchdowns than Ajayi. Oh, he's, he scored a lot of touchdowns. That, I like that about Burkhead. I mean, very, very involved around the goal line, whether it was in the air or on the ground. He's always in control. Dolphins fans, you can laugh at that one. Um, yeah, alright, so we'll get to Burkhead. Alright, let, let me just wrap up that group of, uh, of number two running backs, running backs 11 through 20. Is there one that just, other than McCoy, I know Jamie called him a bust and, Who's comfortable with McCoy in round three, late round three? I am, I don't know if comfortable is the right word, but I think there is enough upside at the three, four turn 
because if like he is of the age where running backs can fall off a cliff, but there's not a guarantee he's going to. And if he doesn't, he's going to get so many touches that he's probably going to be a top 10 running back. Coaches have absolutely raved about his conditioning and how he looks. So I think if you take him with a three, four turn, there's, there's certainly risk there. There's also quite a bit of upside. All right. Uh, so it, other than him, I know Jamie would say McCoy, is there a running back that I mentioned, you know, from Freeman, McCaffrey, Howard, McKinnon, McCoy, Mixon, Henry, Drake, Collins, Ajayi, that you just, there's no way. I, I am not drafting him. He's too risky. No chance. I'll give you two. I won't take McCaffrey where he's going at, in non-PPR. No chance. And I'm not taking a giant period. But I think Tevin Coleman also. Last time I saw his ADP was round five. It is round six and half PPR. Still, even there. But he's like, he's like in the thirties at running back. You know, I, and he's got maybe more upside. Like he's one injury away from being sure. must yeah. start. Great, great lottery ticket, but I'm yep. not taking that in, in that round five, round six range. Yeah, I understand. He's, a, I think he's RB28 off the board. All right. Well, let's get, let's get to that group then in just one second. We've got a new sponsor and an exciting new sponsor because all four of us, this is the truth, all four of us have recently purchased a subscription to this new sponsor, NFL Game Pass. It's very important. You want to get a leg up in fantasy? You need to watch some preseason games. Only with NFL Game Pass do you get every out-of-market preseason game live. So this week, you know, Giants-Lions, for example— if Barkley were playing, I'm sorry to gravitate toward that one, but pick any game that you might want to watch. If Barkley were playing, that'd be great. Either way, I can't wait to watch on Johnson. The rookie running backs, I think, are the most important guys to watch. The quarterbacks are also important to watch in the preseason. If you want to watch it, NFL Game Pass. There is a seven-day free trial of NFL Game Pass. And go to NFL.com slash fantasy football today. NFL.com slash fantasy football today. So you can watch all of preseason week two for free with the seven day trial. Just go to NFL.com slash fantasy football today. Let me tell you my favorite part of NFL game pass. It is the condensed game where they cut out all the fat and all you see are the plays. You can fast forward and rewind by 10 second intervals. I, I really love it. I can watch what I need to watch in about three to five minutes per game. And of course, as we get deeper into the preseason and the starters play longer, it'll take a little bit longer, but that's really cool. So, please get on that, nfl.com slash fantasy football today. We are now at RB21, Rashad Penny. We have covered four rounds in a 12-team league of running backs, and there's a little bit of a gap between Jay Ajayi in round four, 39th overall, and Rashad Penny in round five. He is joined in round five by some rookie running backs, some veterans. It's Penny, Lamar Miller, Mark Ingram, Ronald Jones, and Royce Freeman. Rashad Penny, Lamar Miller, Mark Ingram, Ronald jo- Jones, and Royce Freeman. <laughs> I was just on the – I just took Rashad Penny, but I was kind of nervous about it in this draft we're doing now. Um, and there's reason, there are reasons to be nervous. So what do you think of this group? There's reason to be, reason to be nervous about everyone in this group, guys. Um, what I was about uh, to say, exactly. <laughs> These are imperfect running backs. You're not going to find a, a perfect one at this point in the draft. They're all going to have flaws. They're all going to have concerns. You certainly want to look at the situations that they're in and uh, how likely it is that they're going to be able to play a major role on a consistent basis throughout the season. So who's your favorite? We got Penny, Miller, Ingram, jo- Ronald Jones, and Freeman. I have Jones currently ranked the highest. It's based way more off of what I've been spouting since the draft 
and not so much over what's happened in the last seven days and in Bucks land. Um, not ready to, to get up off this hill that I'm dying on with Ronald Jones. Yeah, I think this, with this range, it really depends on, like, favorite is, is hard. I think Lamar Miller scores the most fantasy points of this group, and I think he does it probably by 15 or 20. And I, I like Lamar Miller, especially on a team where I have started off heavy wide receiver. Mark Ingram is somebody I love taking in this range because you get through those first four weeks, and especially if he's your third running back and you're going to start him as a flex down the stretch and in the fantasy playoffs, he could be an absolute league winner. So re- recap the names again? Sure. We've got three rookie running backs, Penny, Ronald Jones, and Royce Freeman. And we've got Lamar Miller and we've got Mark Ingram, all in round five. The last three guys are my favorite by far. Freeman, Miller, and Ingram. I love what I saw from Royce Freeman coming into the draft. I love what I saw from him in the first preseason game. I think this offense is poised to be good, if not great. Uh, when Pete Prisco was out in Denver, uh, people there told him that they are expecting him to be the featured back. I agree. Devontae Booker is just a guy. So if you, like, Royce Freeman is quickly somebody that could be close to my top 15. Right now he's 20. I, I just think he's got oodles of upside. When would I would you, put carry on Johnson in this range too. When would you guys take Rashad Penny at this point? Because Chris Carson is, you know, looking like the starter. When would you take Penny? Round six. Yeah, and I think if his ADP is fifth round right now, that's probably where he's going. Because his ADP was third round like a week and a half ago. So it's falling fast. There, there, uh, we're recording this on, uh, Tuesday the 14th. He apparently left practice with an injury. So we'll see what the result of that is. Um, obviously that's going to impact where he, uh, where he goes clearly if he's, if he's hurt. So keep that in mind. When would you take Ronald Jones? Because it's already been said, right, that Peyton Barber is the starter. I don't know how much we buy that, but. That's the, the quote. I guess it's technically true as of now. I have the whole quote if you'd like to hear it because it doesn't, it doesn't sound like Cutter's conf- like locking into him as a starter for the entire remainder of the preseason. I mean, he said, we're definitely going to use Ronald Jones and take advantage of what he's going to do. We do have the two veteran backs behind him. Again, we've got three more preseason games. Let's just let it sort out a little more. And the thing that I just want to point out with Jones is that the majority of his carries with the starters were in like inside the three-yard line. So he's going to have a terrible rushing average no matter what. And the rest of his carries came with backup offensive linemen who were absolutely atrocious. They got destroyed by the Dolphins' defensive line. No Bucks running back playing with the backups at a good rushing average. So I don't know if I'm ready to judge Ronald Jones on on his first eight preseason carries. No, he's he's still good. It's just like you're 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 seeing. I'm seeing Peyton Barber take more of a of a role in the offense I, than I, I thought. I think with with the Tampa Bay situation and the Seattle situation, you gotta you gotta realize that they drafted the two players that they did because they weren't satisfied with the guys they have in their backfield. Now, in the Seattle case, Carson was banged. Uh, yeah, Chris Carson was banged up last year with the broken leg, and has a bad track record of staying healthy. Plus, he was a late round pick, so they can upgrade at that spot. Barber was somebody that they basically found off the scrap heap and can, you know, maybe be a little bit of a factor. But the talent favors the rookies, and so at some point, it you know, go back to where we were last year at this point about Kareem Hunt, and Spencer Ware, where. In, in Ware's case, excuse the, the word wording there, but in, in Spencer Ware's case, I think you, you saw a guy who was very good the year before, probably similar to Carson in the limited time, you know, maybe would have projected the same way, 
But Kareem Hunt showed to be more talented, and then he got the opportunity to be the NFL's leading rusher. The same thing could easily happen with Penny, and the same thing could happen with Jones. You just have to understand the, the circumstances. So if you're excited about Jones, now it's a bargain for you. If you're excited about Penny, now it's a bargain for you if he's healthy. And that's something you should be excited about. So don't necessarily let this you know, sway you away from those guys if you thought that they had the chance to be successful. It's just one of those things where maybe you just try and get both and get Carson and Penny and get Barber and, and Jones and just see how it all plays out. And it's not necessarily like drafting the handcuff. You're just drafting the situation. All right, two things on this group, and then we'll move on. Uh, we know that Mark Ingram is going to play at most 12 games this year. In uh, in two recent seasons for Mark Ingram, 2014 and 15, he played 12 and 13 games, respectively. He finished as a top 15 running back both years. In 2015, he played 13 games. It was number 11 in PPR. We ha- we talked a lot about what we expect his role to be, but just on yesterday's show. But just to sum it up, do you think Mark Ingram has a similar role to what he had last year? Yes, absolutely. No. I have Mark Ingram ranked higher than this in projections, factoring in him missing four games. All right, let's go to the next group. Sony Michelle, 26th running back off the board, followed by Deion Lewis, Tevin Coleman. They're all in round six. Sony Michelle, Deion Lewis, Tevin Coleman. Uh, Heath, why don't you give name me a three break running break? backs that I don't uh, want to take yeah. in round six? Yeah, Lewis is my favorite of this group, especially this is half PPR. Yeah. So, like, in PPR, I think this is a pretty good value. In non-PPR, this is too early. But I do expect, if they do what what I think they're going to do and give majority of the carries to Henry and use Lewis as kind of a scat back, he's going to be very good in the passing game. He's going to be very good carrying the ball. He'll probably average over five yards per carry because he's going to get the ball in situations where the defense isn't necessarily thinking run. And I think he'll be pretty productive as a flex-type player. In half PPR. So I, I, I like Lewis the most of this group. So Michelle goes around before Burkhead. Who do you guys like better? Burkhead. Burkhead, but that the ADP is going to change clearly. Yeah, I just I do wonder if we're making too much of the preseason injury with Michelle. I liked Burkhead more before the injury. I, I know you did. And Jamie Not had me. Michelle as a bust. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I just worried about the other guys being maybe just – as good in their situations. So if I were going to tell you that Sony Michelle was ready for week one, where would he be in relation to Royce Freeman, Rashad Penny, and Ronald Jones? Behind all of them. And he was before the injury too. Yeah. He wasn't there. He was higher than that for me. He might have been at the top of the list before. But you had Jones ahead of him, didn't you? I did have Jones, yes. I, I, even with the injury, if he's ready for week one, I don't know how much work he's going to get. I think it's going to take him a while to earn that Patriots trust in the backfield. He's got to pick up the playbook. He's got to pick up pass protection because they're not jeopardizing Tom Brady. If Burkhead's healthy, it's going to be tough for Sony Michelle. Now, the question is, is Burkhead going to stay healthy because he's been injured almost every year of his career? But what are they going to do with the big back? Most likely Jeremy Hill. What's that going to be uh, impacting the run game? Remember how they started last year? It was all Gillisley. I'll tell you what, even if Rex gets hurt, let's just say week one calamity, he gets hurt. I don't think Sony takes over there. I think that I honestly feel like it would be out of the Patriots characters to give him 15 touches before he's really, really ready for it. Okay. Let's go to round seven of ADP now. And we are uh, up to RB 29. First though, let's talk about SeatGeek. Love SeatGeek. Use the code FFT when you make your first purchase on SeatGeek. Get 20 bucks off. 
your tickets. So here's the thing. You might not think right now that you're going to a game or a concert or comedy or whatever, but you're going to. You're going to go to a live event, and you're going to search for tickets online, and we're going to make it so much easier for you. If you haven't used SeatGeek already, please, people, get on it. Use the SeatGeek app, and again, get 20 bucks off your first purchase when you use the code FFT. So SeatGeek, you, you type in an event. SeatGeek searches multiple ticket sites. It grades every ticket based on value and helps you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. I have used SeatGeek for so many types of things, so many tickets, and I've told all of my friends and family about it, and I've saved them money. And every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. You better believe, Dave, Richard, I'm going to that Miami-Florida State game, and I keep uh, keep looking for tickets on SeatGeek. I'm going to buy my tickets on SeatGeek. And uh, I'm gonna get the best deal in the marketplace. So please, Dave, you gonna be at that game? What do you think? I probably will not. Be. Yeah, you won't be at that game. Really, you suck. Anyway, use FFT. The promo code is FFT on SeatGeek. 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 Life's an event, and we have the tickets. Round seven: Marshawn Lynch, Carryon Johnson, Rex Burkhead, Carlos Hyde, Tariq Cohen. A lot of names there. We'll go through it slowly. Marshawn Lynch. Last eight games, he was really, really good. If you take Lynch's last eight games, give him 16 games at that pace, he would have had 270 carries, 1,250 yards, and 10 touchdowns, plus another 32 catches. Would have been a top eight running back in both formats. I know we're not projecting that, but I'm just saying he was that good. Lynch, on Johnson, Burkhead, Carlos Hyde, Tariq Cohen, Dave React. I, I feel like on Johnson sticks out like a sore thumb at this point. And maybe, maybe we should pump the brakes a little bit. I mean, he did get most of the work with the second team offense and yeah, he had a great run. He's called back by a holding penalty. I, I can't do it. I can't do it. And I've been the one that's been saying, well, the Lions like to use two running backs and you know, they are, they're going to use multiple guys. Yeah. But I, I think they'd be idiots if carry on continues to perform like this and they, they say, all right, well, third down, it's time for Theo Riddick. Or they're at the goal line. Let's put in LeGarrette Blount. Let's just telegraph to the, let's just, let's just give the defense the play. Let's just put, put the playbook out right at where the football is and let the defense know what they're doing. Carry on Johnson would take that away from them. He proved that he was a good pass catcher in the game against Oakland. He proved that he's very nimble on his feet. He can do a lot of the things better than Theo Riddick, LeGarrette Blount, Namir Abdullah. Why would they not put him in there? But I, I will still say this, like, I'm talking of Carryon Johnson. I like what I saw. I don't like the fact that he's coming into the NFL with so much work and so many injuries in his past. It makes me worry about just how well he'll hold up. It's what gives me pause when we talk about Carryon Johnson as a fourth round pick. Fourth. I don't. I, I don't know if I'm this ready to go that point. high. Shoot, he's, if it's round he's seven, not I'm going, he's I'm not gonna going go that to. Either. I'll like rip going, off my going, shirt and jump around. He's going to go in round five unless he has two more amazing preseason games. That's yeah. just the the nature of how it's going to end up because I think you're going to see the. You said it the other day, Heath. He's going to pass Jones and Penny. Yeah. Because of their struggles, and now Penny's hurt for sure. He's going to pass Sony Michelle because of his injury, and then you know again he may have a meteoric rise if. This continues, but just to keep in mind something, and I said this the other day, Theoretic did not play in that game. So his role in the passing game may not be as prominent as they seem to have showcased, but that's a good sign that they may trust him in that regard. And Dave referenced this on one of our FFT shows, uh, last week that in the joint practice with the Raiders, 
LeGarrette Blunt struggled in a goal line situation, and they brought Carryon Johnson in, and there you go. So, um, I I think you just have to be somewhat encouraged by the circumstances for him. Yeah. Not only that, LeGarrette Blunt had ten carries inside the five yard line last year. Ten. That's a lot inside the five. He scored one touchdown. He was much, much better the year before. He had 24 carries inside the five. He scored 12 touchdowns in those 24 carries. He scored 18 total. Um, all right, so would Carry you— on is my, my third favorite rookie running back in non-PPR. I like him ahead of everyone besides Barkley and Freeman. I would agree. Do you guys prefer Jay Ajayi or Carry on Johnson? Carry on. Ajayi. Heath, what did you say? Carry on. Wow. Okay. And, and you know, you know, I, I was very high on him um, for a lot of reasons. The biggest one we haven't talked about yet. I really did. We we, we have, but just not in the show. The offensive line, I think, is going to be among the best in the NFL. I like the addition of Ragnow. I think T.J. Lang uh, and Wagner on the right side, getting uh, the left tackles escape me um, right now, but the left tackle healthy from last year, Taylor Decker. Yeah, uh, Taylor, Taylor Decker. Um, you know, after the shoulder injury he suffered, I just think they're they're in such a good situation with what he's capable of doing. And, and this could be for Blunt if he ends up being the, the best guy there. It could be for Amir Abdullah if for whatever reason he gets a new lease on life. I just think it's going to be a very good situation for the running back for the Lions, and I believe that's on Johnson. What about the rest of this group? So if Johnson's our favorite, Marshawn Lynch, Rex Burkhead, Carlos Hyde, Tariq Cohen. Burkhead, and it's not close for me. Same. Yeah, I agree. Is Burkhead a, a legit number two running back, and will he be that all year? No and no. I don't think any of these guys will probably be that all year, but hmm, he really? is – I have him ranked as a top 24 running back, yes. You don't think these think guys Kerry are number two? Well, I mean, we it's are getting so pretty late. We're in, the, we're in the 30s now in ADP, so I guess that makes sense. Um, how about – how about Carlos Hyde, Nick Chubb? Handicap that one for me. I think Hyde begins the season as the starter, and he keeps the job as long as he's effective and healthy. Might be asking a lot from him. Well, I, he's been, you know, he's been a reliable running back two years in a row. Might not be the flashiest, but he finishes, Carlos Hyde finishes top 15. I think he was top 12. First time he's played 16 games last year. You, you know they're going to try and get Chubb the ball in some way, shape, or form, and he's going to lose on passing down to Duke Johnson. There's not a lot to like about Carlos Hyde. Oh, okay. <laughs> Good point. I, I don't, I, but I don't, I don't necessarily dislike him in this range. No, but he should be behind Lynch. I, yeah. And probably Crowell. Yeah, I've got him behind both. I do have him ahead of Sony Michelle. What about Tariq Cohen in round seven? I, I don't love it. PPR, I love it. Non-PPR, it's a little high. So half PPR, it's just good and bad. <laughs> Mar- Marlon Mack. Uh, well, well, okay, wait. How much upside does Tariq Cohen have? Does he have upside to you know, let's say Jordan Howard's struggling, Tariq Cohen all of a sudden is a feature back. I'd be surprised. No, but he may have – like, I don't know that it's unreasonable to say that he has 2017 Christian McCaffrey upside. Yes, that's fair. I mean, I, I, if Howard if were to suffer a season-ending injury now, he'd probably be – what was McCaffrey? 117 carries and 80 catches? So yeah. basically 200 total, total touches? Yeah, for sure. All right, I like round eight. Now, round eight's not uh, going to be exactly like this because Jamal Williams is going to be moving up. But Marlon Mack, I think anyway, I would expect that. Marlon Mack, Jamal Williams, Isaiah Crowell, Chris Thompson. 
Marlon Mack, Jamal Williams, Isaiah Crowell, Chris Thompson. I'm just going to say we should, we got to go a little bit quicker, guys. Uh, we're at 48 minutes, so um, who's your favorite? Marlon Mack, Jamal Williams. It's got to be Williams, right? Crowell, yeah. Chris Thompson. If Mack was healthy, it'd be Mack, but I like Mack and Williams both. In fact, I think everybody in this round's a good value except for Chris Thompson. The pass-catching running backs are interesting. Chris Thompson, Duke Johnson, Giovanni Bernard, do you have any interest in them in non-PPR? As bench guys, yes, but probably not quite at this ADP. Yeah, I think they can be flexes in non-PPR and half P, but this is half PPR and they're, they're definitely flexes in that format. At this point, how, how early would you take Marlon Mack, who's, you know, reportedly looking good for week one? I'm the wrong person to ask because I'm not a huge fan of him. I don't expect him to fulfill everything that Jim Irsay is saying, and I don't, I don't, I don't see him as a 15 touch running back on a weekly basis. I, I, maybe there's some games he does it. I don't know if he can hold up. My, no, I'm, I'm worried about him. I'm not going to take him very high. My only real concern with him is this, is this hamstring injury and the fact that he's coming off an injury coming into the year with a shoulder. Um, so if, if you're saying if he was 100% healthy, I'd be fine with him at the end of the fifth round. Right now, I'm probably not taking him until the seventh. Late seven for me. Okay, well, he's going in the eighth, Marlon Mack. Oh, well, See? fantastic. Yeah. Crowell, we talked about yesterday. Um, we go to Nick Chubb in round nine, along with Duke Johnson, C.J. Anderson, Aaron Jones, and Chris Carson. Although I guess I should really ask you guys about Jamal Williams. When are you willing to take Jamal Williams? Round five. I just took him in the sixth of this uh, PPR draft that we're doing now, and I was very, very happy. I'd be happy to take him potentially early round five. Wow. If you take Jamal Williams with a with a round five or round six pick, would you like to also take Aaron Jones in round nine? Yes. Yeah. And in PPR, I'd take Montgomery there too. Over would you take Jones? all three on the same team? Uh, I probably would try to avoid that just because you're you know devoting two bench bots to one essentially position, but... I think Montgomery's gonna look. What do you have? 18 catches his first three games. They're gonna use him in that role. Uh, okay, so would you rather have Jamal Williams or Royce Freeman? Freeman, Freeman, Freeman. Jamal Williams or Dion Lewis? Williams, Williams for me. It's closer uh, in PPR though. Lewis in PPR, Williams in non PPR. Jamal Williams or Mark Ingram? Or does that kind of depend on your team? I love, I'll tell you what, I like to get both because I get two games out of Williams and then if he gets benched for whatever reason or loses the job because of Jones being maybe better, um, you just gotta manage the next two weeks. I like taking both as well. I would take Ingram around earlier probably. Does it matter to you that Green Bay opens with Minnesota and that might be a bad debut for Jamal Williams? I Green, Green Bay opens with Chicago. Oh, Minnesota yeah. week two. Minnesota week two. No. Okay. Ooh, that's a home game. Sunday night home game for Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers is going to go crazy. Probably. And we, all right, back to running backs. Back to running backs. We have Nick Chubb and Duke Johnson in round nine with Chris Thompson, CJ Anderson, Aaron Jones, and then we have Chris Carson in round ten. Um, that's good value for Chris Carson. I, I'm not seeing him going in round ten right now. Right? Nope. Well, PPR he might. Uh, so Chubb, Duke Johnson, C.J. Anderson, Aaron Jones. Who would be your favorite there? Duke Johnson and PPR. I think Chubb, just based on scenario, is has the best chance to be 
uh, this year's Camara. Nowhere near his production Whoa. level, by far. Nowhere near his production level. But third guy on the depth chart, that could be the best best guy on his respective running back. Even though they, there's like no chance he gets that third down work, passing downs work with Duke either. Totally. Uh, but I, I think just again, he could, I, I think we could all agree that the Browns offense has a chance to be decent. Good. And, and right. And so if, if you're looking at it as they're going to score points, if Carlos Hyde struggles or gets hurt and Chubb delivers on anything that he showed like he did in college, he'll, he'll be their best guy there. And, and non-PPR, I, uh, I'd love, to get C.J. Anderson at this point. Yeah, I was going to go through like the 40s. Booker, Ty Montgomery, Deontay Foreman, Corey Clement, who Dave has as a sleeper, Naeem Hines, you'll get Jordan Wilkins later, who Jamie has as a sleeper, Matt Breida, Doug Martin, Giovanni Bernard, who who Heath has called a sleeper, Latavius Murray, LeGarrette Blunt. Um, I think I'd rather go through some stats, though, some interesting stats. So, first of all, schedules as well. Isaiah Crowell opens at Detroit and home against Miami. I really felt like Crowell was a good guy to pair with Mark Ingram, assuming Crowell's healthy for week one, because at Detroit and home against Miami is a really good way to start. Now, the next two games might not be that easy. At Cleveland, who actually were pretty good against running backs, and then at Jacksonville, it can be tough. But it's a good start, right? I mean, well, maybe he's a good guy to pair with Aaron Jones. I don't know. But Isaiah Crowell, uh Nice start to the to the season with Detroit and Miami. the The Seahawks running backs have a terrible schedule. Their first five games are against the Broncos, Bears, Cowboys, Cardinals, and Rams. Mm-hmm. I've got them as the thirtieth ranked run schedule. The yeah. nice thing is they've got a good offensive line to overcome those matchups. <laughs> <laughs> actually, I mean, this is not insignificant to me because, you know, it actually maybe helps Rashad Penny because if Chris Carson gets the first audition and has to run through this gauntlet. And you may not hear, like, Chicago, Dallas think they're good run defenses. Last year they absolutely were. Dallas was great when it when it had Sean Lee. Uh, the Bears allowed the sixth-fewest fantasy points to running backs. Denver, stout. Arizona, third-fewest. The Rams are actually terrible against running backs, but we don't buy that. They got Sue, they have Donald. They should be better. So it's something to keep in mind. Now, tell me what you think about this. Going all the way back to round one, the fourth overall pick. And that would be David Johnson. Mike McCoy is his offensive coordinator. I looked at the last, like, I don't know, eight, ten years, however long Mike McCoy has been an offensive coordinator or a head coach. His teams do not score rushing touchdowns, especially if you take away Tim Tebow rushing touchdowns. There have been few cases where they've had good rushing touchdown totals. McCoy's offenses have finished 22nd or worse in rushing touchdowns in five straight seasons. Does that mean anything to you? A little bit. What were some of the best years? Do you have any of the? Because I'm yes. wondering if San Diego. Yeah. So Melvin Gordon had a ten some touchdown best, season. Go ahead. Melvin Gordon had a ten touchdown season, right? And a zero touchdown season under McCoy. I think those ten touchdowns were the only touchdown, only rushing touchdowns for the Chargers, which would be fine for David Johnson, but it is a little fluky. McCoy um, didn't call the plays. Who are the running backs he, he had? The Chargers. I don't remember. Last but, year, C.J. Anderson. Yeah, I mean, the, they had one good year with the Broncos. Well, twice he had Anderson, o- right? Other than the Tebow years. I, yeah. I just thought it was really fascinating. I don't know. If I it do think, anything. and it goes back to the Jay Ajayi thing. Like, 
if the, the Eagles and the Chargers just call a lot more or, or Cardinals call a lot more pass plays in the red zone, that, that could make an impact. I don't know. It's not enough to make me downgrade David Johnson, though. This is the only other stat I want to give. I've given uh, some of the others that I really like. In Jimmy Garoppolo's five starts, it was really good for running backs. Carlos Hyde scored eight touchdowns on the season. He scored four of them, his rushing touchdowns. Four rushing touchdowns in those five games, half his season total. Uh, Hyde averaged 16.6 carries per game. Brita averaged 10.4 carries per game. 10.4 carries per game. That's very good. The Niners scored 28.8 points per game. They went... Five and zero. Oh. All those things are good for running backs. So, and he threw a lot to Kyle Juszczyk. Maybe that becomes Jarek McKinnon this year. Uh, handcuffs. How many running backs are worth handcuffing? And is it better to draft running backs that have an obvious handcuff? Because if they get hurt, you've got good production theoretically on your bench. Is the handcuff any good? Well, that, that would be part of it, but even sometimes I don't want the handcuff. Look at what happened like, to David Johnson last year. Yeah, but look at look at, but he didn't have an obvious handcuff. But like D'Angelo Williams with the Steelers, right? Sure, that was a great example of a not great running back, great for fantasy. And I think James Conner would be one of those guys. I think he'd be pretty good for fantasy if Le'Veon were to miss time. I, I wanted Spencer Ware. I, you know, I got to a point in a draft. This was so funny. It actually really was. <laughs> I was like the second to last round of the super flex draft and I had Kareem Hunt and I wasn't really paying attention. In fact, I was watching the Yankees game on a TV in the background. You were, you were talking too. Yeah. I think I was talking about the Yankees and it, oh, somebody wait, wait, says, set it up a little better though, because there's a draft board. You weren't exactly watching the draft room. I wasn't. There's a draft, draft. The draft board is to my right. right. All the stickers are being placed. The right. Yankees game is to my left, so I'm watching the game. I'm thinking, okay, I know who I'm picking. I don't have to pay attention. I'm picking, I'm picking Spencer Ware. So somebody says, Azer, you're up. I'll take Spencer Ware. This has been a very calm, quiet room of drafters just going about their business. So, um, I've been, t- somebody says he's off the board. I look up at the guy next to me, Adam Ronis, great guy. Had the pick before me, took for, for just as a lottery ticket, took Spencer Ware. I slammed my fist down on the table. I go, what? I was so angry. It was like, people were like, what, what the hell just happened? They were like kind of stunned, I think. I was a little embarrassed by my reaction. But I thought to myself, I took Rob Kelly the round before. Does it make more sense as the Spencer Ware owner to invest more, as the, as the, uh, as the Kareem Hunt owner to invest more in his backup? Or as the Le'Veon Bell owner to take James Conner, or maybe to take Bo Scarborough if you're the Zeke owner or something like that, rather than eh, just kind of a whatever running back like Rob Kelly, you know? I don't think so, but I do think one of the important things if you're going to draft handcuffs is draft handcuffs in good situations behind good offensive lines. And so that's one problem I have with the Kareem Hunt-Spencer Ware thing is I don't know – like if we don't feel comfortable with the offensive line, then a lesser running back's probably not going to be as successful as the stud is. So how many guys would you want to handcuff? Somebody that likes handcuffing more than me should probably answer right. that. Who is that? I like it. I, I'm I not like sure. It. And I especially like it with uh with Kareem Hunt because he, he doesn't – well, I don't know if this really matters, but he doesn't have a bye until week 13. So, you, you know, you don't have to necessarily drop his handcuff to fill in his bye week. Uh, so that kind of helps, but I don't know. That, that's pretty trivial, I guess, in the long run. I, I do like handcuffing because I know 
if Spencer Ware, if if Kareem Hunt were out for the year, pretty sure Spencer Ware would lead Jamie's waiver wire column. You know, we'd be talking about yeah, how much I, to bid I, on. I think it it depends. Like in that, that was what sixteen rounds. Right? Yeah, I think so. Sixteen rounds. I, I think anytime you get past fifteen rounds, it, it's it's not a bad move to make if there is a clear cut situation, like we talked about with Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. It's not bad to take both those guys if you want to consider that the handcuff or a guy that's going to share work. You know, I think that's where the gray area becomes, because like. In the Seattle case, you can get both guys relatively mid, you know, one with a mid-round pick, one with a later-round pick. You can get the the Tampa Bay guys same situation. You know, if you're just talking about taking the direct backup to star with the idea that the backup doesn't play, then it just comes down to how you want to manage your roster and how many guys you just kind of want to sit on. And I just took a handcuff, Adam. Just. For the purposes of this conversation, I took Rob Kelly in the twelfth and Samaj P Ryan in the thirteenth. Yeah, and, and <laughs> I, 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 I do a, I do it a lot with uh, with McKinnon and Brita because I love the system in San Francisco, and so right, I, right. I'm trying to get both those guys. But that doesn't mean if I don't have McKinnon, I'm not taking Brita, and vice versa. Like I, I didn't, I, I took McKinnon in the draft that we're just in. I looked at Brita in round eight. I didn't, I didn't think that was the right time for him. But in the Superflex draft, Adam, that we did, that's exactly what I did. I took McKinnon in round three and Brita in round eight. Since I neglected those late round running backs, I think on Friday, we'll do a two wide receiver previews on Wednesday and Thursday. And then on Friday, we'll dedicate some time to some late round lottery tickets to make sure we cover everything we may have missed. Oh, that's running backs, guys. Piece of cake. Easy peasy. Right? Go draft a lot of them. Go draft a lot of them. Even in a three wide receiver PPR league, which we are doing right now. For Dave Richard, for Jamie. Gotta go, bye! Bye! bye. Na, 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 na. Na.